So let's say you've read the myriad of books that have been written about raising godly kids, and you're truly following the principles in those books to a T. Still, one of your own kids walks away from God as a teenager, or maybe as a Sunday school teacher, you've even taught other parents how to bring up godly kids from what you've read in those same books. And yet, your Bible quiz winner has now become a rebellious teen. But what happens when you're actually the author of one of the most preeminent of those parenting books, and still one of your kids abandons the blessing that you thought would guarantee you and your family a blessing in return? Well, as a parent, if you've been disillusioned by doing things right, this program is for you. This is Licensed to Parent. Hi, I'm Michelle Hill, and I'm glad you joined us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long, Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host, Trace Embry, is the founder and executive director of Shepherds Hill, also the author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill. Our goal on Licensed to Parent is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherds Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. So, Trace, at Shepherds Hill Academy, you've had many parents along the way tell you that they've truly adhered to everything Scripture and the multitude of books on godly parenting have ever taught them about raising kids, and yet— They've come away with all the wrong results. So, Trace, help us understand how we reconcile this with the scriptural claims of training up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he won't depart from it. Yeah. Well, I think the key words here are when he is old. Uh, mm. The scripture you referring to is Proverbs 20, uh, 22.6. Uh, there are a couple things for parents to keep in mind here. Uh, first, the Proverbs are written in Hebrew, Hebrew poetry. And I think that, uh, you know, they may be written that way so that they're better remembered. But they're also to be received as general principles written to a people in general that yield general results. I don't think they're written as strict doctrine necessarily, but uh, they're still God's word. Um <laughs> As an example, my dad used to say, hard work never killed anybody. But you know what? I've seen it kill some people. <laughs> um, but generally speaking, hard work is good for you. Uh, yeah. Obviously, there, there are exceptions to every rule. Uh, so back to Proverbs 22, 6, when he is old. Sometimes mm-hmm. it takes a lifetime, Michelle, of doing things incorrectly uh, and then having to pay the piper for it. Uh, for some of us to get it. I mean, this is especially true for our strong-willed offspring. Yet training them in all the right things while you're while, while they're young uh, gives them a transcendent standard that they know in their heart of hearts is something worth returning to, even when they're old. Um, and, and a life of foolishness has perhaps beaten them up. Uh, to not bless our kids with a, a grounding of godly standards that, that we live out during their upbringing is to really cheat them out of ever knowing what true righteousness, peace, and joy actually look and feels like. The Apostle Paul uh, called righteousness, peace, and joy the kingdom of God, and that's something worth returning to at any age. I like that. Well, our guests today on Licensed to Parent are Dr. John Trent and his daughter, Carrie Trent Stageberg. And it was a little over a year ago that we talked with Dr. John Trent. We talked with him about his book, The Blessing, and he shared a little bit of his daughter's story and mentioned that we needed to hear 
hear her story from her. So that's what we're going to be doing today. Again, our guest, Unlicensed to Parent, is John Trent. He is the founder and president of the organization Strong Families. And his daughter, Carrie Trent Stageberg, she works alongside of her dad as CEO of Strong Families. And together, they help build stronger marriages, coach parents to become better parents, and move everyone toward a closer relationship with God. Well, John and Carrie, thank you so much for being uh, willing to share your story and your insights with us here on the Licensed to Parent broadcast. Hey, it's great to be with you. Thanks, Trace and Michelle. Great to be here. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we're super excited and honored. Thank you. Well, we're honored to have you, believe me. Uh, John, your book, The Blessing, has truly been iconic among the multitude of books written about raising kids. Uh, Can you give our audience just another brief recap uh, of the idea behind the book? Well, absolutely. Um, and, and Michelle, you know, the one, the one word I kind of, uh, just, just want to lay out there as, as you, uh, were kind of introducing this was, you know, that there's lots of books that, you know, guarantee something. And, mm, um, so you know, I just want to make sure that people know that really the blessing really comes out of brokenness, uh, for me mm. and also for what we share with parents. Because if you remember, remember back in Genesis 27, there were these two twins, Jacob and Esau, and I'm a twin. And, um, you know, my mom always liked Jeff best, you know, but, uh, no, she <laughs> actually, she was pretty, she was very even handed, but, uh, but think about these two kids and they were both looking for now today we'd call it attachment or belonging or all this stuff but man Mm -hmm. they were looking for the blessing and in particular their dad's blessing but moms gave blessings too and uh i was you know grew up in a single parent home so my dad had already bailed out and uh we didn't know christ growing up and and then this young life leader led us to christ and and all of a sudden i realized oh my gosh I've got, uh, once you get God's blessing, you can get, you can bless people even if you never got it. So I didn't grow up with this gift. And so the blessing was five things. I began to look at it. I was working in a psychiatric hospital at the time. I know, you know, there's some question I was working there. Um, but it was in my internship and my doctoral program and began to study the blessing. And so uh, mm. in scripture, and man, what was that? Because remember, Esau cries out with an exceedingly great and better cry and says, bless me, even me also, oh, my father. So just to wrap it up, you know, I know parents are going, well, well, wait a minute. I, I, I did that. I gave my kids the blessing, you know, and mm. but again, it's not a formula. Uh, and we'll get to hear in Carrie's story now, uh, really, that you know, it was, it was the blessing that really brought her back. Trace, the way you framed it was just perfect, you know, in the standpoint that uh, it's, if you don't put it in, man, that's, that's a huge problem if you don't bless those kids. But it's, it's even if they don't, you know, even if they walk away for a season, and that can be a long season, uh, then Mm -hmm. man, uh, it can be tremendously helpful. The blessing can help bring them back home. Yeah, if they're thirsty, uh, you don't give them an empty glass, right? Yeah. Uh, they're, they're blessed when you give them a full glass, and it's up to them whether they want to drink it or not. Yeah. Carrie, uh, c- coming from a home that today uh, you you would agree was a blessing to, to grow up in. Absolutely. What did you fail to see You know, when you were a kid that pulled you away from what your dad has coined the blessing? You know, I think for me, um, 
you know, even though I can honestly say there was not a day that I didn't know or hear that my parents and that I were crazy about me and that there was a God that was crazy about me. For me, what it really was is that God just felt incredibly abstract. And I mm-hmm. wasn't able at the time to figure out the relationship piece. And I just, you know, to me, it was like, well, why would I just follow a set of rules? And I saw, even though I saw the real deal at home, I was seeing a lot of hypocrisy in other areas. Um, and so it was kind of like, yeah, there's got to, you know, I, I don't know if I buy into that. And God really doesn't care about me personally. And I don't know how to have a relationship with him. So it was more from that standpoint um, that I ended up walking away from, you know, faith and family. But it, it wasn't necessarily out of like, you know, intentional rebellion. It just was like, well, why would I follow this if it doesn't actually impact my life? So Carrie, what did that look like when you say you walked away from your faith and your family? What what happened? Yeah, well, and I can kind of answer both those questions because Trace, I think you're you're kind of saying like, you know, is there something more alluring? And the the answer is absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, the world offers so many things that look compelling and look like, well, that's got to be the answer. Um, you know, that's, that I can relate to, that can satisfy. And then the reality is, is none of them do. Um, so I mm. started down a long journey of, you know, trying <laughs> all of those things and then some. Um, but long story short, I ended up uh, meeting a guy who I thought was the answer to all those problems. And we eloped and shocked my whole family, which is not really the best thing to do when you have a dad in marriage and family ministry. Um, and found myself in the middle of an abusive relationship. And it was really in that, that, you know, I mean, if there's an opposite of blessing, it's abuse and the stripping of my identity and who I was and all the words of blessing that I had grown up with in that season, um, you know, not to mention, you know, just, I mean, it was abusive in any way that you can imagine. And I was just a broken mess. Um, and that's really where Mm -hmm. God found me. Uh, and also where my dad's blessing came into play as well. It was during that season, um, my family didn't know where I was living. They didn't, they knew things were not okay, but they didn't know all of the details about what were going on. And my dad kind of tricked me and said, Hey, you know, um, he, I, I, I don't know, dad, if you had gotten like an email or something, but somehow you found out I needed new tires in my car and you know, who wants to pay for new tires? So he basically said, Hey, if you meet me, I'm going to buy you some new tires. So I showed up and he handed me a list of 10 truths about who I was. And at Mm. the time I didn't even want to take the paper. Um, I didn't believe anything on that. And I was not hearing that, you know, at Mm. at home, but I, I left with the paper and what ended up happening was I found myself, I would hear something very different and I'd find myself going in the bathroom and pulling out that piece of paper. And at first it was, okay, I don't believe that. And then it was, well, that would be nice. And then eventually it was, well, maybe that could be true. (laughs) And it kind of started to reshape my thinking. Um, And then I'm, you know, happy to say that two years later, I was able to hand my dad back that paper and say, I believe everything on this list because it's what God says about me. Um, But that was really an instrumental thing that he provided in that season. And, um, you know, and, and all of that. And then when the Lord rescued me out of it, you know, to get him and my mom's blessing was, was huge as well. So Carrie, what were some of those 10 truths? Yeah. I mean, you know, really they were characteristics. They were, uh, they were character traits about me, but all of them were rooted in scripture and he wasn't preachy about it. He didn't like necessarily put, you know, 
Bible verses next to them at the time because that wasn't where I was at. But they were really characteristics about who I was, you know, that I was, you know, mm-hmm. full of joy, that I was, you know, that I was created on purpose for a wonderful purpose, that I, you know, had immense value, that I was God's chosen and beloved, um, and that my parents loved and I, I was chosen mm-hmm. by them too. And I mean, literally, it was like the opposite of so many of the things I was hearing on a regular basis. You know, you're worthless. Mm-hmm. You can't do anything right. You have no strengths. You have, you know, all you do is messing, all, you know, and that's nice language um, for what I was hearing. <laughs> you were hearing these things not from your parents, obviously. From oh, no, from, yeah, from, the, from my, my ex-husband, yeah, where it was just, I mean, the, the opposite of, bless, you know, blessing is abuse and the words and the language. I mean, it's, it's really abuse is designed to just dismantle you. Sure. And, and that was what was sure. happening verbally and physically. Well, it's time to take a break. This is a great conversation, so I hate to break in here, but we're talking with Dr. John Trent and his daughter, Carrie Trent Stageberg, about their book, The Blessing, Giving the Gift of Unconditional Love and Acceptance. We'll be back with more Licensed Parent after this. Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis, is celebrating 20 years of ministry. There have been many distractions in our work through the years as a result of a four-lane highway that divided our land. As a result, plans are underway to develop a whole new campus designed to improve our students' therapeutic experience away from the highway noise, along with up-to-date infrastructure and staff offices, all to help smooth out the day-to-day operations. The five-year, two-phase plan will begin with a new dining hall, followed by two new school buildings, also containing a new studio for licensed to parent. Please consider partnering with us, building together a new and improved Shepherd's Hill Academy. Learn more and make your gift today. Shepherdshillacademy.org slash building together. That's shepherdshillacademy.org slash building together. And thanks for helping us provide healing to teens in crisis. Hi folks, Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago. Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to His word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. If you'd like to learn more about Shepherd's Hill, go to LicensedToParent.org. Today, we are talking with John Trent and his daughter, Carrie Trent Stageberg. Well, Carrie, uh, you know, we, we've talked about kind of how you kind of slid into the world and away from the blessing uh, before the break. What counsel can you give parents who might be in the in the same situ- or similar situation your parents found themselves in when you were 
going through your situation at this time? Yeah, you know, I think there, there's two things that I think are, are really important. Um, the first is, you know, love them the way that you can. Um, and I know that that list for me was a really powerful way for my parents to love me where I was at, even though I, I was not willing to spend time around them or with them or receive counsel from them. That, that was a really powerful and simple way for them to love me where I was. Um, so I would say, you know, maybe even do that, um, give them a list or, you know, something like that. Um, lo- love them the way that you can, um, while still holding boundaries, which my parents mm-hmm. were phenomenal at. And then I think the other side of it is, is do the work that you need to do to get help. Because when they come back, if you haven't done that, it's really hard to extend your blessing. And, you know, when I mm-hmm. came back and my parents found out about, you know, all the things I'd been lying about and what had really been going on, you know, I'll never forget my dad just saying, Carrie, it's not about where you've been. It's about where you're going and him giving me his blessing. And, you know, that didn't mean trust was restored overnight. Like we still had work to do to repair things, but he and my mom would not have been able to say that had they not been going to counseling and not been dealing with what they were experiencing and feeling, um, you know, during that season. Yeah, that had to be had to be painful, John. Especially for those uh, in, in ministry that are listening to this broadcast. Can you can you please tell us what might have been going through your mind during this time, and 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 what uh, were your conversations like with the Lord back then? Well, uh, talk about a, a dark season. Anybody that's you know in the midst of a prodigal situation or has kind of been. Uh, been through that. I mean, that's one of the deepest heartbreaks, you know, the greatest joy. I have no greater joy, remember First John, than to see that my children walking in the light. Well, man, when they are in darkness and they're, you know, you can't reach them. Half the time, we didn't know, we didn't even know, they would move around, he'd move her around, and it was just... It was just uh, horrific. Uh, but I, I do think one of the things, you know, Carrie mentioned is, you know, uh, I, I didn't grow up uh, as, you know, I was kicked out of grade school. I was on my way to Shepherd's Hill, you know, <laughs> you know, in lots of ways when this young life leader found me and um, led me to Christ. And I was just a mess. And so I didn't have the expectation that Carrie was going to be perfect or that she needed to be. Uh, the expectation that I had was that, you know what, Lord, I don't know how long this is going to take, but um, I, I'm not going to give up praying for her. I'm not going to give up, uh, you know, I, I just totally gas carry on the tires. I mean, what person, what college or, you know, graduate school age kid doesn't need new tires. So that was kind of why I sent, sure, exactly. sent that out. Um, but not everything worked. Not everything was easy. Um, and, and even with Carrie, you know, you were you would leave and come back for a while, right? I mean, it wasn't yeah. just a one and done. And I think the Lord, I was just convinced, because I'd seen it in my own life, that God didn't give up on me, and he wasn't going to give up on you. Yep. Yeah, and I think that's that's a really good advice point for parents, too, is the Lord's never going to stop pursuing them, ever, mm-hmm. you know, and so he didn't stop true. with me. And I'll tell you, if he got my heart, there's no one he can't find and bring mm-hmm. back home. So, John, help parents, like, coach them through the long game when you've got a prodigal who's coming in and out of their lives. I mean, sometimes it does. It takes years. So, 
help parents understand what patience looks like during this time and just the boundaries that you need to have? And also, what does compassion and love look like? Wow. Um, we have three hours, right? Uh, I, I think, <laughs> Sorry, yeah, you have three minutes. Well, no. <laughs> real quick, um, you know, I, just the things that uh, hit me when you were saying that, you know, is uh, it, it is a long game, number one. That's brilliant phrasing because you can't, you know, these are things that, uh, you know, Cindy and I weren't perfect uh you know uh Carrie had struggles there's other siblings we have a we have a wonderful she has a sister or a wonderful uh that is impacted by all that so you're hurt at so many levels you know and then you're sitting there thinking well wait a minute I'm in ministry uh, but I never really kind of used that as a way to beat myself up because, again, I wasn't, the expectation was on Christ, not on anybody being perfect, because why do you need a Savior if you have to be perfect? But what I did, right. Right. what I really exactly. did understand uh, is you can't out-logic emotions. So here's what I mean by that. Um, have you ever been watching, you're at a movie, or got your popcorn, the, the just turned on the uh, uh, previews, you know, it's darkening the theater and somebody walks by and steps on your foot in your row that's going by with popcorn accidentally, okay? Now, when they first step on your mm -hmm. foot, what's your first response? First, re if you're human, I mean, it's ouch and man, it ticks me off or it's hurt. And so right. that would be the thing, you know, right. we would send a card, it would come back, you would, you know, and um, you can't get ahead of the emotion. Now, here's the person with the popcorn going, oh, I'm very sorry. And oh, okay, well, they're being apologetic. It was dark. They didn't mean it. But do you see what I'm getting at? What comes first? You can't outlogic mm -hmm. the emotion. So uh, that means yeah. sadness. That means anger. You know, I was so angry at this person because I didn't even know the guy and you didn't know how to reach him. And you're like, you know, so... Uh, but but I just think you know just saying Lord okay uh, I'm I'm gonna keep um, Carrie mentioned just you know counseling Cindy and I every year uh, would go see you know we'd go see this guy named Bill Ratz who's a phenomenal is uh, retired now but great counselor guy and uh, only the wise seek counsel and so we wanted to be ready when she came mm. back but we didn't know that was going to happen so you had to keep your expectations on Christ. Mm-hmm. Oh, Carrie, what was the most enlightening thing you experienced living outside the love and security of a house of blessing that made you want to return to kingdom living? Well, I mean, honest, to be completely honest, I got to a point where it was, you know, either God's real and this is going to work or I'm out of here in one way or another, you know, either him on accident or purpose or me you know, getting out of the world, whatever. I, I just was that broken where it was like, okay, either either God is real and he is who he says he is and there's hope or that's it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and for me, that really kind of culminated. There was a specific moment where um, he got really violent and he left. And normally when that would happen, he would... Hey, but your husband. Your yeah, husband. yeah. Mm -hmm. he, and he would go in the other room and play video games typically or something, you know, like it never happened. Um, but that particular evening he left and I just remember saying, okay, God, if you're real, get me out. And without exaggeration, mm -hmm. 10 minutes later, there was a knock on the door and it was someone, one of his friends that actually knew what was hardly anyone knew what was going on in our situation, but that particular mm -hmm. person did. And he said, you know, I, 
I, I can't watch this anymore. I was like, I've got a safe place that you can stay if you want to pack some stuff up. And mm. that was kind of the first moment where I was like, okay, well, maybe God is listening. You know, maybe he, maybe there is something to this. And, and that was the start of me saying, okay, maybe there is a choice. Um, and, you know, it was about two months after that that I officially uh, left and, and ended up, you know, starting my journey of healing. Mm-hmm. John, do you ever prepare yourself for the possibility that Carrie would live out the rest of her life as a prodigal? Frankly, no. I never really entertained the fact that things wouldn't change. I just didn't know if if it ever would, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and it doesn't always happen. I mean, when I, I I didn't meet my dad while I was in college, but I tried all my life after I became a Christian. I used to hate him. He was an angry alcoholic, and I used to hate him. But then I became a Christian and just intensely disliked him. Do you know what I'm saying? And then I and then mm-hmm. and then uh, I had to. I realized, well, if I don't forgive him, I'm going to become just like him. So I never gave up on my dad. But my dad never turned around. He cussed me out the day he died. I held his hand for four and a half hours at a hospice, oh, and and uh, I didn't preach, but he I was praying for him because he died of congestive heart and lung failure, a horrible way to die. And he, um, you know, cusses at me for praying for him. So my dad never turned around. But Cindy's dad, who was an old bomber pilot, my dad was an old 3rd Marine Division guy, uh, was shot to pieces in the war, World War II and hated God and man ever mm. since. So what I was getting at is I did see in my own life, well, okay, Cindy's dad changed. My dad didn't. C- Carrie's not where she's going to be. But, I'm, but Lord, I'm, you know, I, I may die before I see it. Uh, but it's going to happen, and I'm just trusting you, kind of like we were where we started with uh, in Proverbs, mm-hmm. that at some point, Lord, you're going to bring her back to him. And man, have we ever just been blessed? And, and Carrie mentioned, you know, it's a process, the whole rebuilding of trust and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just didn't give up. And, and again, God doesn't give up on us. Amen. Listen, the clock is winding down, but I need to ask you, how do you find the balance? How do parents find the balance between you know, allowing their kids free will or carries free will to take take her deeper down the rabbit hole and being a loving parent who just wanted to, to bless her without enabling her to, to feel rewarded for her rebellion. You know, it isn't easy because you can really feel all the manipulation and all the desire to try to, well, man, maybe if I, if I just give them more, but what we were giving her was, you know, prayers and love and encouragement and blessing uh, just but we re- we did set up boundaries around the things that unfortunately kept her in a situation like that but it was hard and, and Carrie bring us home on this you know well, I mean yeah I, I think you know at the end of the day there's always hope and God isn't going to stop and there's no one that God can't reach Amen Well, John and Carrie, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. We are grateful for you and your testimonies. Hey, thanks. It's an honor to be with you. Yeah, thank you. Our guests today on Licensed to Parent have been Dr. John Trent and his daughter, Carrie Trent Stageberg. John and Carrie's book is The Blessing, Giving the Gift of Unconditional Love and Acceptance. You can find out more about John and Carrie's ministry by going to their website, strongfamilies.com. Thanks for listening to Licensed to Parent. Trace Embry is the host of Licensed to Parent and also the founder and director of Shepherds Hill Academy, a residential treatment facility for troubled teens. To learn more, visit licensedparent.org. 
Licensed to Parent is a listener-supported ministry. Would you consider becoming a financial supporter of our ministry? A donation of any amount would help us tremendously. You can donate online at licensedparent.org and click the donate button. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Our producer is Rich Rosel. Carl Peets is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.